Oh, yeah. Welcome oh. to Martin's Living Room Podcast. Oh, yeah. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, you're not Martin. Why are you starting the Martin Show? Well, you know what? Due to popular demand from the viewers, and we were thinking ourselves, you know, what's a better way to spend the 10th episode than to interview Martin himself? And so here we are today. I've got Martin as the guest. I'm going to be interviewing Martin. Martin, welcome to your show. Yeah, thank you. I don't even know who you are. You know what? I'm Kevin, <laughs> and I was in the last podcast. I had so much fun doing it. I thought, you know what? Martin, I want to interview you, so here I am. Cool. I'll let you uh, run the show. All right. So, Martin, I, I know a lot about you. You know, we, we work together. We're good friends. But what I don't know a lot about is your childhood. I, I don't know. I, I know that you grew up in the Bay Area, but tell us a little bit about where Martin started and, and how it all began. Um, I remember I, I had a last podcast and I was like, well, the room was dark and, and I saw some light and, and it was like a slit that I kind of just came out and I was kind of a, a little baby. Oh, that, that's how you incepted. Yeah, that's, that's how I incepted and, and there was a guy in a mask. So, you know, the whole COVID thing was in a new thing where you wear a mask. You actually get born into a guy wearing a mask and he's called the doctor. <laughs> there you go. I refer to you as the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> doctor, doctor. But no, if you're, if you're talking about my childhood, um, my childhood was definitely, I would say, average, if not normal. Uh, I grew up in San Jose from the age of, I would say, you know, obviously from birth to the age of 11 or 12. So my childhood was uh, in East Side San Jose, close to the freeway. Um, if anything, um, not too many, uh, you know, white skin people there. It was like a lot of Asians, and if anything, um, a lot of my friends were Vietnamese and Cambodian. Walk me through. I mean, were you a shithead growing up? I was a little scared, very unconfident, skinny Asian boy. So you've grown up a lot since then. Yeah, I've grown you're up very a lot different. Since. If I think about it, like what I was wearing then, I used to wear like flip-flops and super short shorts and a white tank top i had long black hair like what it used to have when i first met you and um i have a bunch of embarrassing pictures of me when i was a kid just like doing very different kind of like poses because my, my sister used to dress me up and like they pose and take pictures of me <laughs> were you a popular kid like in high school i mean were you the most popular kid at school no i was not the popular kid at school if anything i was not popular and then um people who are listening to this now know like you, some of you picked on me when I was in high school <laughs> and it's it's crazy now to think back on it it's um I'm so I'm glad I wasn't popular in high school because it helped build me to my future self I consider now were you a nerd I was a not a nerd because I was failing some of my classes and I was not smart I mean uh, I was not dumb because I was uh you know Getting through it, at least. Yeah, so you would just try to get by. Yeah, I was just trying to get by. Fly under the radar. And I was trying to be a hipster, too. So I was trying to, like, my sister was hooking me up with all these, like, cool, like, clothes from San Francisco. And I used to wear a beanie. And, like, then I also tried to, like, be a part of this breakdancing club. And our breakdancing team was, like, or what do you call it? Like, breakdancing uh, group was called the Los Altos High School Breakdancing Club. 
Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's not the, you know, no, not, not like Super Crew or like the Cobblers or some shit. No, it's just like we were the most like, because um, when I was in high school and compared to uh, elementary school and high school, I was in a very affluent um, high school where, you know, everyone had parents who were rich. So coming from that, I was able to experience the different type of people or different economical income. Was that hard for you? It wasn't because I was a part of the wrestling team. Um, and when I was in a part of the wrestling team, they just take you in. And it was kind of like my, one of my first communities and first clubs. And, um, and then whenever one of our, um, we had this guy named uh, Schumacher, we call him Schumacher. And his parents, he was like a small wrestler, but his parents would always go to Cabo every weekend or every other weekend. And we'd be like, party at Schumann's. So we used to throw, all, um, my, my little group, my wrestling group used to throw all the high school parties. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, we sl- I slowly started becoming cool. Like, I had to, like, tap people's shoulders to buy beer for us. And then the older guys in the wrestling team like, Mar, just do it. Just and do you, it. Would, you would go to Cabo? <laughs> no, I wouldn't go to Cabo. That was um, the kid's parents went to Cabo. Uh-huh. So every time they went to Cabo, we go to his house and fuck that shit up. And then he'd go. get in so House much party. trouble. He got in so much trouble, like, cause it, he, so they, you were a shithead. I guess so. I turned, <laughs> it turned in, I definitely turned into a shithead. Yeah, I turned into a shithead, and I'm kind of glad it kind of turned out the way it did, cause I felt like I started pretty, um, you know, honest and just kind of just like I'm just going with the flow. I just want to make friends. To whoa, like now I'm part of the wrestling team. Now we're doing the parties. Like whoa, I'm like trying to get beer illegally, and now I'm like, you know, talking to more people and like you know make um making more social interactions so it was really exciting growing up at what point in your life did the women start to become crazy about you i mean was this in high school or was this Um, later in life i was never good at women like never good at speaking to women yeah i remember like um in middle school and high school like believe it or not i never had a girlfriend um and I, i think i did date someone for like a week and i got freaked out and i broke up with it at the end of the week and i was like you were scared yeah, I was just like, damn, everyone really knows. Like, this person was so infatuated with me, and I was just like, I'm not at that level. And I was like, you know, at that point in time, I'm like, oh, cool, it'd be cool to have someone that really cares about you and, like, make out with. And, like, when you're actually doing it, you're just like, oh, this is not what I want. And then I feel so bad for that person, but. You know, I, I don't think anything has changed with you. You haven't, look, you're still not looking for a woman. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh... You're all about the one night stands. You know, to be honest, I there was a time where I was trying to like, you know, at college. Okay. The beginning of college, I was like, I needed to be able to talk to girls and get out girls. I definitely sure, yeah. had that phase. It was in a phase that I didn't go through, you know, and um, and I went ham. If anything, when Tinder first came out, I was using Tinder the week it came out, and you could only imagine. I thought I termed the phrase on Tinder, DTF. <laughs> so that was if, you you. Th- if you think I'm not That's someone that you. was trying to get at women, I, there, I had a point where it was just nuts. Like I was just like, dude, I was like, I was an evangelist for Tinder. I should have yeah. been their ambassador. Like you just, dude, this is how you do. You just message them. It's like don't even say anything. Just put DTF question mark, and then you say address, and then they'll send your address, and you just show up. No way. And they were you founded that? I I founded it when it was There's working. No, right. Kidding. So and everyone was just doing it, and I was like like ten for ten. In within like two weeks, so I was like, oh, you know, everyone was saying I'm like not me anymore, but those two weeks imploded my ego so much. And but I, you're still and that on Tinder, and that's not talking to women at all. You know what I mean? That's just True. not talking. That's just movement. <laughs> <laughs> that's using technology to your advantage. I like it. Yeah, and technology's crazy these days. Look at look at what we're doing now. Look look what we're allowed to do and let people listen. 
Yeah, no, I hear you. At what point did you get into yoga? I know that yoga is a huge part of your life for the past, what, four or five years? Yeah, it's been four or five years. It's crazy that you say that. Um, When anyone asks me, you know, how I got into yoga and how it changed yoga, um, I always kind of revert back to this moment in time. And um, I was in San Mateo and I was at this I was getting fat and, you know, I was just eating and I was just drinking a lot. Were you depressed? No, I was just hanging out with my brother all the time. And we were okay. just drinking and eating a lot. You know, we weren't really, like, doing stuff good. And then, like, my, me and my brother were just kind of, he was getting over his breakup. Um, he had broke up with someone that he was living together with for five years, you know. And, um, and he, you know, was going out a lot on the weekends. And I wanted to be there for my brother. So I used to just drive there uh, every every weekend to go party with them in Campbell. So that's how I started going to Campbell like all the time. Yeah, and we yeah, just like and we just get like drunk and we like walk there and we would argue and get drunk and we would just like it was a fun time. Like I always like saying arguing is actually showing someone how you like how much you care. Like if you if you were my friend, we have to argue at some point, right? We have to no, it makes sense at something, but also to be able to continue. And I found a lot of moments like that with my brother. We did like this. It's like arguing with the most stupidest thing. And then when he gets drunk, he's just like, you can't win a argument against a drunk person. I'm like, yeah, I can. He's like, no, you can't. And I was like, yeah, you can. And he would just like trump me. He was like, ah. This is like. <laughs> so your brother got you into yoga then after you were hanging out with your brother and he was trying to get over all of his life yeah, things that were so happening. It was, it was him finding yoga for me to start yoga. Cause like, okay. Because then he was just getting to a point where he's just drinking and eating. And like, what, what, what? point what does that build up to it doesn't build up to anything right so he was um you know i, I don't want to mention the podcast but it's like it's just like he get he was getting kind of sick from just keep doing it yeah. and then um he had to visit a doctor at some point um but oh no oh no it started with him so i always tell my brother i was really glad you rolled your ankle on this um he was on a hike okay so he rolled his ankle on a hike and um he was stuck on this hike in this mountain and he only had his dog Mia and his dog Mia actually ran and found someone to go save him because he couldn't move. And the purple that the, the do, um, his dog Mia found was actually, it was like on a Saturday that he went was a rescue team that was actually practicing how to save someone. No so there kidding. was like 15 or 20 of them and they actually had like a helicopter and a couple of ATVs in standby. And they were like, Hey, Look, there's someone. Look, we could actually really practice. No <laughs> yeah. way. So they, so they like, they were all practicing and they were all like gathering around. Like this is how you put someone on. They the put stretcher, him on the stretcher and, and then they, they like, you know, make sure you on. keep him like secure because his ankle was rolled. And they brought him down the whole hike. And then, um, and then, um, he called me and let me know what happened because because there's a friend that lives nearby because he can't drive because his foot's all messed up. And then I go pick him up. I'm like, what the heck happened? He's like, I rolled my foot. Because he was hiking a lot. Because I think we were stopped. We wanted to not drink so much. Yeah. And then he'd start hiking. And, like, hiking was this thing. Like, the hike with his dog. See the view. Be out of nature. Like, be really, like, be able to think. And now he can't hike and, you know, risk hurting himself again. So he was at the doctor's. Um, and they were, he said he, uh, the doctor was like, you know, you can't put pressure on this. Like, you shouldn't be drinking and eating so much. Like, you know, eating, you know, drinking a lot. Right, more. right. Because it's kind of affecting your health. And then he's like, have you ever tried the doctor? Have you ever tried doing yoga? Right. And that was a light bulb moment for him. That was a light, well, it wasn't a light bulb moment yet. So when he would always drive back from work, he'd always drive by a yoga studio. It's called Car Power Yoga. Yeah. So one day he walked in and um, 
he takes a yoga class and then he's just like oh take a yoga class and then he takes this yoga class it's pretty chill and he walks out and he's like okay but the, on the next room there's something called yoga sculpt and then yoga sculpt is like with weights and they fucking blast hip-hop music and edm he's like what the fuck is this because my brother's all about that shit and his mind was blown his mind was blown he took the classes and there's like a like a rip girl who's like you know, telling you, like, you got this. You're stronger than you think you are. If not, I will make you strong. And you're, like, working out with weights and, like, listening to EDM music. And then he's got in the class and he's just, like, to get, like, your ass whipped by, like, a hot, like, yoga instructor is dope. And they call you out by name. They make you feel special. You actually gain a connection with them. When so you actually, it's not demoralizing. It's not demoralizing at all. And it was, like, that was, like, the trigger. That was the hook that, like gave your weekends a little bit more purpose when you were able to like build a relationship and get a good workout in so then did he say hey martin you need to take this class look this hot yoga instructor yeah she made he, me sold it, he sold it to me he was just like dude you, you want to get fit like because i was at the yeah. gym in 24 hour fitness like i was just, like tired of going to the gym like you just run you just have to find things to think about like and then I see my brother, he's like, have all these new chick friends. He's just like, oh, I'm doing yoga. He's like, and he's like dude, you got to do yoga. Like, you're going to have so many friends that are girls. Like, it's the in. Like, you'll be able to, like, know all of these women. And they, they're not threatened by you because you're going to yoga. It's not like you're not trying to get in their pants. And I was just like, all right. And I, I go take a class with them. And I'm like, oh, my God, I fucking die because it's a hot room with weights. I didn't like it at first. And I almost threw yeah. up. And then... And then the instructor, Diane, at the time, she's like, you did so well. I was like, and I'd look at her, I was like, you fuck, you killed me. I was like, everyone, and everyone that takes yoga school yeah. first time, you're just like, you come out, you're like, what was that? <laughs> was it one class that got you hooked? Or, or did no, you have to go back I had to go back times. like four or five times. Okay. That's why I wish you took my class before everything ended. I remember I was telling you this, yeah. too. I was like, you should take my class. Didn't I tell you this? You did. You and did. I was like, you never know when you're never, ever going to take it again. Right, right. And we're almost at that point now. Yeah, we due to COVID. <laughs> Otherwise, you'd still be teaching yoga. Otherwise, still be teaching. Yeah. But it's like, well, you've known him for the two years. You didn't take my class once. I know, I know. You feel bad now? I regret it. I do. <laughs> I'm going to make you feel bad. <laughs> when you get back to teaching yoga, I'm, I'm taking your class. Yeah. I will, I will. So then, you, how did you become an instructor? So then, you just got so hooked that you just had to become an instructor? Or no, my brother became an instructor first. Right, ah. so his his uh his journey became even more in sync, and now he's like an instructor with instructor friends, and, yeah. And then now he has students that come to his class, and they're like excited for his class. So it was just like when I saw that, I was just like, dude, my brother's just so confident. He knows all these people. He knows the, the community is just so strong and so supportive, and it was just so inspiring. Like I I, I had an aha moment. Like now you're having an aha moment with my podcast. I had an aha moment with yoga, right? No kidding. I had like a way of space, this, this, like to think and like, you know, deep in my mind. And I also had a space where it's like, I wanted more friends that were, um, you know, intentionally good, you know, that care about their health. And also people in yoga are generally pretty beautiful. And yeah, yeah. when you surround yourself with that, you just, you, you just kind of, kind of just, you kind of live in the journey. And now I'm also living with, my original yoga instructors that I took class with in San Mateo for almost two years now, and we're the closest friend. We always, like, every time I come home, we're waiting, we always eat food together, we watch movies together, we buy each other gifts, and, like, and it's all platonic, too, and they were my original yoga instructors before I became an instructor. Yeah, no, I, I totally see it, too, in your eyes. I mean, you, you love yoga. 
Yeah, yeah yoga is amazing. Yeah, for, for a number of reasons. Yeah. But what, I mean, how do you become an instructor? You just go on a retreat and take No, class? They, t- they sell it to you. I think it's kind of, you're kind of making me go think about a theme that I was coming. Like, I was driving here, and it's about believing. Mm-hmm. Like, you really just have to believe in the method and believe where you're going. And I found, like, I always think about how come Kevin never, you know, took the effort to take my class, like, the last few years. Because he didn't really believe in, like, yoga. He didn't believe in, like, the experience enough to be, like, drive all the way down to San Jose, take a class, and come back, you know? Yeah, so... I I, I taught on Saturdays and Fridays, too. So, you know, I know you don't work on Saturdays. (laughs) Yeah, there's no... And I'm really harping on you right now. Now you feel it. You feel it. No, you should. You should. I, I... should have taken your class and, and you know multiple times i said i was going to and i didn't yeah i i should have for sure yeah no you have every right you have every right <laughs> i like that but it was like i think the idea was just it was like the belief right so yeah I, I really believed in my brother i believed in the experience i believe that his life was so much better and i believed for myself if i was to go through this and grow myself and be confident and teach class and have students like look up to me i'm sure that my confidence and the things that i do will help build me for a better future and i feel like now with all the skills i learned from yoga commanding body parts to taking feedback like hard feedback and also supposed to be a safe yoga space and getting meaningful conversations of your students who are like i needed your class i was going through a dark space like you helped me get through the rest of the week you helped me get through the weekend You've always got a smile on your face. You're, I know that you're a good person and have hundreds and hundreds of people tell you that every week. I, like, I got so much self-affirmation and I feel like people always look for affirmation from your friends, your family. But if you could get affirmation just from the general people, that gives you so much confidence to believe. For you, do you get a lot more affirmation for when you teach a class? I mean, why don't you just take a yoga class, you know, three or four or five days a week? I did. I was. I was taking it so much, and they're just like, you might as well teach because you love it. Got it. And that's how they get you because I was going every day. I was like, at San Mateo, I went two or three times a day. Yeah, Actually, they were trying to stop me because I was going too much. Look, (laughs) it's not safe to take four classes. I'm like paying 200 bucks a month. Shut up. And I just loved it because I then the people that go all the time, you become friends with them, you lose weight together, and like and it's all walks of life, different people, different ages, different jobs, right? And it was a great way to learn and know and talk to all these different people with different experiences that totally shape the Martin you see today. I like it. I like it. And then how did you take it? I mean, with COVID, obviously all the yoga students had to stop. So, I mean, what, what was going through your mind? What, what actually happened to you next? When COVID happened? When COVID happened in the yoga studio. Stopped. Well, when COVID happened, it was different because I had quit um, my last company, the company that we were at, mm-hmm. because my mom was, go- I thought my mom was, like, was on her last leg because we were going in and out and in and out of ER. And uh, I couldn't spend another like week like telling my manager, like, hey, need this friday off and also i'm like now i'm also not doing well at work and i'm also expected to do a lot and do all these sales and it's just yeah. like i did not feel like my uh team you know you know not our team but like you know management was going to be able to support me in my journey and i think they felt that too right so um i went after i quit i you know needed to, to take 
weekdays off to take my mom to the hospital and take my dad to the hospital. They both have to go to the hospital many times. And mm-hmm. I always have to take, like Kevin knows, I always have to take Friday off. I always have to take Tuesday off. It's always Tuesday, Friday, Tuesday, Friday, like multiple times a month to go take my family to the hospital. And I come back and I got to try to catch up. Like Kevin's always got to talk to my deals when I'm gone. Right, right. I remember you definitely that, helped yeah. me close those deals. I appreciate that. And I needed some, I, I needed a company that was going to care about, you know, my family because it's just like, I you need a job that you can work on the weekends and, you know, really, now I could always have Tuesdays off. So yoga, I was like, okay, great. Yoga's every day. Yeah. So I could teach, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And there was a assistant yoga a studio assistant position opening in Palo Alto. And my really close friend at the time became manager at that studio. So I was like, I'll just be your instructor. Yo, instruct, studios always need instructors. So I was like, crap, I'll just quit my job, take care of my mom, because I think that's worth it. Because my mom gave me everything. She gave me life. And I'll take the hugest pay cut I ever took in my life and just teach, you know, almost minimum wage. Wow, that's huge. And just didn't have... I didn't know, like, I, I, sometimes I just didn't know, like, I was so scared that I made the wrong decision. I'm just here teaching yoga, and, like, the students always believed in me. The students were like, whoa, you did this and this, and now you're just teaching yoga. You, like, you quit your job, and you're just teaching. I was like, yes. I let, I was able to let go and not know where I was, where I was going to go. I mean, looking back, that was the best decision that you could have made. Looking back, but it was the most scariest decision, because I was like, wow. I have no like job, and if my mom were to pass, and it's like it's almost like it was almost worth it because I was like the whole point was to quit my job to take care of my mom, right? So I was just like, whoa, she just goes out now. I'm like, and I'm just a yoga instructor, and I'm like, I have to live with the decision. So I was like, but yoga is something that always made me happy, and it, I believe in it, and my roommates believe in me, and you were able to make live life, even though like. You think it may suck, or you may not think it's worth it, but you were able to live a life in minimum wage. Yeah, yeah, you can. And then you made it work. I made it work. It's not like you were just doing. You you were looking for other opportunities, yeah. looking for other things to do at the same time. Yeah. I was just doing the two months straight. I was like, okay, maybe I'll just be a yoga manager. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, and yeah. I was just like, I'm gonna just teach and teach and teach. And even even the yoga management and the yoga world that I was in was not the best. Even though I was supposed to be super supportive. It was so clicky, and people at top in yoga thought they were, you know, really on top, and instructors were below them. It was crazy to think it was like that. Um, and even if you were a manager, it's not like you were gonna make a ton of money doing it anyway. Yeah, it was. It was still just for like the love of yoga right. and emotion, and like there were just people that are yoga managers were just totally down just to keep doing that. And um, I was kind of on that path. I was a studio assistant. I was uh, with my really close. Uh, friend that was also studio assistant with me and yeah. um and then we were just you know both had very professional careers before and that just didn't really work out for us and we were just teaching yoga and it, it kind of brought me and her together her name is sylvia she was in um, one of my like first first couple podcasts and we were just taking the, taking on the yoga world together and the students loved us right it's almost like we gave up everything and this is what matters now and um when it came close to covid closing and the yoga studio is closing it was like such a somber time it was uh you know slowly everyone's supposed to social distancing the covid cases running up and the yoga studio was the most like anti-social uh social distancing type of thing you could do right so people stopped coming people like all my best students are like i can't risk getting sick but i really miss you martin 
and um and it was like slowly and slowly like you see your your day ones like the the yoga students that love me so much came to my class still risk getting sick you know and it was just like then i had down the one two or three people classes and i was actually the last yoga class i i think i was the last yoga class i ever taught in the bay area and i don't think anyone really knows that because i was um, palo alto actually teaches the latest and i had like one of the last like sunday classes at 7 p.m and i'm i legit think i taught the last yoga class before shelter place happened and when the yoga studio shut down so you were completely out of a job at that point i was completely out of a job but um i my best friend just like the last two three weeks just hella started wanting to get back into yoga yeah so he started coming to my yoga class all the time and then he was weed company was like starting to like pick up business because of covid and he was like you should drive for us like you know like you probably make more money and, and then you could just do yoga because like, he was trying to help me out you like you want a schedule that's free like you take care of your parents or you could just drive whenever you want and do deliveries and I was like, uh, let's teach yoga. Yoga's sick. Because I get to play my own music and people fucking love me, right? So, and, and you weren't a big weed guy Yeah, back and I wasn't then a anyways. big weed guy. And then right. obviously when COVID happened, I was like, my friend needed help because all everyone's trying to buy weed. Then I was like, cool, I'll drive for you. And the next day, um, I just showed up. And, and then I got in. Um, they gave me a bunch of weed, and I just started selling it on the street. <laughs> yeah, you would just drive to the... So how does that work? So you... You get a location, you just go there, drop it off, or do you have to go up to their doorstep and have them sign off? I don't even know how a weed delivery works. Well, at first, you have to make sure that, you know, you, you get hired on. Um, you know, you talk to the manager there. And then also, uh, you know, it's legal, so you have, to have, you have to be licensed and make sure that you have all the proper permits to be delivering. And um, you really just get, you're given the product, and then you just drive. You have all the applications, like iPhone app, to bring it to the customer and then you tender the order um, with the customer, but you have to make sure you see their license and make sure that they have, you know, they're legal and that they could actually purchase the, the product. So do you have to go through any sort of training as a driver to yes. be able to check licenses? Of and course. Such? Okay. You have to go through the training. You have to be very compliant, um, especially because it's the new legal space. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. You have got to be the luckiest guy I know. I mean, you, an opportunity closes, another one open. I mean, it's just like one after another. Yeah, I feel that sometimes things just kind of work out if you're a good person. I used to always tell myself that. And, yeah. and I was able to bring my yoga friend, Sylvia, with me to this company. Like, and we were able to like, be in inventory together. So we were able to like, now, and I started bringing all my yoga friends in the company. Like Cassie is another student of mine back in um, when I used to teach in San Jose. Right? And then it's just kind of, uh, it's just so cool to like bring those worlds together now we got yoga and weed you know and then we have yoga people like talking to the drivers and you know interacting with our, our you know delivery team and we're just very thoughtful you know yeah and with covid business is booming for you guys right now with the weed sale yeah everyone's getting high yeah, yeah like everyone, <laughs> no one's like, got anything well, else to do, do? <laughs> yeah like if you want to get drunk it's just like we'd rather just get high out of your mind yeah. and actually get drunk out of your mind because you can actually die from alcohol poisoning. Like, I, I haven't really read too many articles where people just like, die from getting too high. You just fall asleep. Yeah, never heard of that. Yeah, like, I oh, got too high, overdose, being high. <laughs> not a thing. Nah. <laughs> That's not a thing. Fake news. Fake yeah. news, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then podcasting. So you got into podcasting as you were working at Bento. Yeah, so I got into podcasting, and I always say it on my website. You probably read it. You probably heard it. Um, 
I always uh, attribute to one of my favorite podcasters that got me all started, um, which is Duncan Trussell. Um, okay. It's called The Midnight Gospel. Um, it came out on Netflix right on the week of uh, Shelter in Place. It was like some kind of sign, right? So it was, um, and it had my favorite animator, which is Pendleton Ward, who does Adventure Time. Okay. And Adventure Time is like one of my favorite animations. It's just like a cartoon that like, it goes through like life and like has like uh, Jake DiMaggio in it as uh, Jake the dog. And it's like one of my, the bender from Futurama it has that voice actor. Yeah, yeah. is it a little kid show or no it's like an adult kid show okay, okay so it's like they go it's like a adventure and they go through life and then that's a, that's the animator and the animator met with this guy that's um, named Duncan trussell and, and he does a podcast and he, he interviews it. spiritual gurus and his favorite spiritual guru is ramdas which i'm gonna get into but um Duncan trussell and pendleton ward made a series on netflix called the midnight gospel where Pendleton Ward, the animator, made an animation for each of his podcasts in which he podcasts like a spiritual guru. No kidding. And they talk about life and existentialism. And one of the ones that really got me to start the podcast was his last episode called The Mouse of Silver, where he actually podcasts his late mom two weeks before she dies. And the doctors already had told her that she had terminal cancer and that she only had two weeks to live. So Duncan actually interviewed his mom knowing that her life is going to be over. And it's like a two-hour podcast, and it's an animated, it's a beautiful thing. And it made me think, like, wow, like, what an amazing, beautiful moment that is recorded. And she is no longer alive, but to be able to be able to podcast someone that you love, like your mom, and know that the days are truly numbered and she's going to be dying in like a week or two. Yeah, it completely resonated with you. It was like... 100%. It was such yeah. a strong emotion and feeling that I always resonated with because I always tell... I think Kevin knows this. When I first met him, I always tell you, I always try to treat my life if I was going to die tomorrow. I always tell myself, I could die tomorrow. I could die tomorrow. So if today was the last day, like how would I want to do my best? Like how, what kind of impression did I want to give someone? How do I make this moment worth it? How do I just do shit instead of say shit? Right. Right. So I always try to say, you know, if you're thinking about it, do it. If you have an idea, write it down. If you really care about it, give it a due date. Because other than that, your life is limited. And we need to stop being so hard on ourselves when you feel like you wasted so much time. And like now you're really trying to get in the podcast and you're pulling the trigger. You're knowing that I just want to do it. I'm tired of talking about it. I'm tired of telling myself I was going to do these things and I don't do it. I'm tired of building a list of things I can't be confident about because I told myself I would do it and I didn't do it. And now you're doing it. Just fucking do it. And I'm so proud of you, yeah. Kevin, because like, you're the one that's interviewing me and you're beginning this journey and I want to help you be a doer. And you're definitely a doer right now. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, honestly, you've been super super helpful and honestly it's just been so much fun you just teach me how everything works how to do it it's awesome so i mean you you love discovering journeys and then you love sharing those journeys with others i mean that that's all about you with yoga with podcasting with the weed business everything yeah because it's like life is fun with other people yeah right yeah, yeah, yeah. if i was doing this shit by myself it's just by myself you know and I want that. And one of the big things on my podcast, in my um, original first podcast, I was like, 
dude, I want to podcast all my dope ass friends. You know, <laughs> I have friends who do do this and do do that, and then I want to podcast my real ones, like the people who are down for me. You know, and I know those people are down for me because they're gonna spend time and be like, all right, I'm gonna let Marin podcast me. I'm like, oh no, Marin's gonna podcast, but they'll do it, right? Because they do it for me, and then. When that podcast comes out, like I told you, I told you this too when you were a podcast, you're going to realize all these things like, oh my God, people can now connect with you, they'll reach out to you, they'll resonate with your ideas. And then you're just like, whoa, like there's something so much more than this. Like I would never have a conversation with an old friend. I would never have a connection with my grandma about this. You know, now you're realizing the possibilities. And I'm so glad I was able to show you that because you had that same fire. I could tell because the first time, the first thing I walked in, you're like, Martin, 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 Martin. I got a, I got some news for you. He's like, I'm cleaning out the bottom place of my house. It's like the people just moved out and I'm, I'm starting my own podcast series. <laughs> <laughs> I had to share with you. Yeah. And I'm what like, do you think it is about when you do podcasts or live streaming or any of that? Why do old friends and family, what, what is it? You think that people just think that you're famous now and they want to become attached to it i think they feel um and i was like i was telling you when i was driving over here i think one of the things i wanted to theme was it was believe yeah right like believing in something believe in a dream i always say to people um to believe if you don't believe believe in me that believes in you right some people don't believe in themselves and i could say that's fine but you could believe in me that really truly believes in you so I hope you believe in yourself to go do these things and to tell you that you're going to be good, to tell you that you're going to be great because some people need that affirmation. And when the affirmation and the right people have the right things said to them and it's been curated in the right way, like the way I gave you my impression coming here, yeah, you know, coming, bearing with gifts and making sure that I'm as amicable as possible, smiling and always talking about the, our best moments together and like, you know, why we're good friends. Everything is almost like a curated moment. And the second theme I was alluding to is I always consider everything I do a part of the plan, right? And I was, I was telling my best friend just the other day, you know, the way I treat my life is like, I always take it from that quote from ba- um, Gotham, Batman. Yeah, yeah. You know, the Joker, like Leith Hedger, like that was like a really good, like, good movie from the way he acted. But he was in the hospital um, talking to Two-Face. And he said, you know, he was always and you know, I'm not crazy, like I'm not into chaos, but he's always like, you know, the one thing about chaos, the craziness in the world, the things you can't control, the variables, people will freak out, people will go in hysteria, but people will be calm, and that person is in calm in the chaos. You're like, why? Because it's because he knows what's going on, because it's all a part of the plan. So what I started realizing myself, if I, have to, I have subconsciously planned out all these scenarios. So when I, you start to think this is all created and this is all new, I have subconsciously thought this is how this is going to play out today. And it's crazy to think about it because now everything I do, I realize I planned it. You planned it subconsciously? Yeah, I believe I planned things subconsciously. Right, right. Like the whole, like I knew that this is going to happen. Like I knew that you're going to get excited. I knew that you were going to start your own podcast, and I knew it was just going to light a fire in your heart. I could tell the way that you were messaging me. So it was just like, it was also a perfect storm. Yeah, no, I hear you. What's next? What's next? So what's next is like, I, I felt like 
this would have been the perfect opportunity for us to start your podcast through my podcast. And it was so fitting because it's a, episode 10 was supposed to be like some type of finale episode. And now it's like a podcast about me, but it's also the beginning of a new journey of someone that was inspired by my podcast. Like you're like one of my first real students in my podcast journey. And I'm barely even just even getting in the podcast. Yeah, yeah. And I'm super excited because Kevin's about to blow this shit away. He's about to spend bang, banger bucks to get the fucking best microphone, fucking three couches, a mixer. Nine inputs, so you can have nine microphones. You know, he's <laughs> fucking painting the walls right now. Hey, easy. I was like, damn, you better let me use this shit when you get too famous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm building it for you. <laughs> but it's just so exciting. And then, like I said, the theme was to believe and have a dream and to know that things are a part of the plan. Because when you start thinking, oh, like, oh, oh, I just came up with this. Like, you, and then you just, like, you don't credit. You're just like, oh, it just happens. Shit doesn't just happen. The way that you live your life, you're actually subconsciously planned this out. Like you knew this is something you like. You knew this is what you wanted to do. It made sense to you. So you took all the necessary steps to make it happen. It's now, not just luck. Because you're believing in yourself yeah. right now. You believe you can make a podcast. You believe it's going to be good. Even though people talk shit about it, they're like, oh, I'm just jealous of you. And, you know, you, you feel that. Now you want to show them, like show them up. Like, you thought I was kidding. I'm someone who does shit. I'm someone that gets shit done. Because people told me that when I first started a podcast, oh, you're just, you don't know what you're doing. You don't really care about it. You're just, you're just trying. I'm like, I'm 10 episodes in. I've, I've grown so much. I've learned so many things. People have connected so, in so many ways. And I have people lined up to be podcast. Yeah. People want to get on my podcast and people didn't originally want to get, get on it. Now they do. Now they know how successful you are. Well, they know how much it's helped other people. Right. Right. And it's just like you listen to my really close friend, Cassie, and like that story that she tells is just so powerful. And I think it's also a testament of the friendship that I could give people and also what other people could realize they could give to others and how they could impact and affect others. Like, it's crazy to think if I never even started this podcast, this narrative, how would you ever get to this point where you, Kevin Blankenhorn, would want to start a podcast? So that was actually original first episode of my podcast was to create situations and, you know, to create different perspectives by making meaningless or meaningful conversation. And now that original motto, that original reason why I started the podcast has created you in this moment to make your own podcast. Troll radio. Oh, yeah. I like it. I like it. I mean, you've inspired so many people. Not just me. I mean, all your listeners here, I'm sure that they're looking to start something, whether it be a podcast, business idea, or anything else. It's amazing how you can really inspire and help people grow and get to that next level. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm here to help. Like, I just yeah. told one of my workers yesterday, he's probably going to listen to this, I'll help you start a shirt business. I'll help you make money on the side. I know how to do it. I do drop shipping. I'll help you start a website. You know, take those opportunities. I'm giving out my time and my time is precious. And when someone gives out their time for you and you don't take it, that is a loss because I'm not going to go back and like, oh, I'm actually, you know, I'm giving my time to someone else now. So when someone offers you that they would want to make a website for you, take it, do a close message them, give them a call, tell them like, hey, can we set up some time? Because once that time fleets, then you're going to always look back on it when I get bigger. You're going to be like, damn, that's I something. I wish I took some of his time. I wish I took some of his time. Now I'm unconfident of the decisions I've made. Do it. Stop waiting. Stop thinking. If you feel it and you believe in it, 
do it and know that everything that happens is a part of the plan. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Sorry, I got pretty passionate. Oh, that's perfect. I mean, honestly, you, you've been such an inspiration to me and I think so many other people that it's, it's perfect. What's something so interesting about you that we don't know, but you have to share with us on the podcast? Damn, it's like, uh, I'm trying to think. That's like something I actually, anyone that asks that question has to really think. I'm like, something that I could share, because I feel like I've been sharing a lot. I already shared one of my hardest things is like, you know, I even cried in one of my podcasts. I don't know if you even heard that one, but I share everything. I almost yeah. don't have anything I've hidden, except if it's like, you know, stuff I don't you know, want out there, obviously. But it's like, I, I have shared everything, everything that's personal to me. I am an open book. I feel like I'm the last rap battle in Eminem, email, you know? Yeah. There's nothing else I'm going to hide, but the, my whole life is open as like something, like something that you could listen to. It's something that you could come up to me and ask me about. And I have to stand behind everything I say and everything I am and everything that I do. I need to be confident on the decisions I make to do this podcast. And as a manager now, I have to stand by the decisions that impact the entire company. At the decisions that impact someone's working environment, their, their daily 40 hours a week is affected from the decisions I make. And some people lose jobs or some people get hired from the decisions I make. I create those opportunities. I create these experiences. Take responsibility. I take it seriously. I can't sleep on it. And yeah. I feel like some people sleep on these opportunities to create these experiences and I can't, I, I, I don't waste it at all i maximize experience and i do everything i can to inspire people to one-on-one them to tell them to to think to email to create ideas tell them that they could be managers to inspire and lift them up is my biggest thing and to be an opportunity where i could help others in a way and we're all making money together yeah and bring them up and they help you is like i am living a dream where i could help others dream and, and I think that's my dream. My dream is to help others dream. And I've, my, I've always told everyone, even like when I started being promoted in my company, that my dream is to do as many podcasts as possible before I die. And I've said that. And I used to say it nervously, like, oh, is that really my dream? And people's dream could be getting married, finding love, and getting a house. And I am 100% sure I could give all that up to just do as many podcasts as possible before I die because it's just like there's so much out there that I could learn and so many people that I could connect to and I would never regret doing another podcast. That's why one of my shirts is um that you could buy is one more episode. And that's probably gonna be in my tombstone. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Have you talked to your parents about doing a podcast with you? It's hard. My mom's lost her mind and my dad's blind. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just at this point where it's just like I could play it for them and they could listen and it's like we can't have that conversation anymore. So it's like, it's hard. So it's, it's not going to be possible? It can. Or I could try to hard. interview them. Like my sister does tell yeah. me, like, hey, interview your mom or interview dad because they still talk. But it's just like, it's not, I'm not emotionally like ready for that. It's like, it's just like, yeah, I could do it. It's just like, it doesn't feel right. Okay. You know, just based the way that I know how everything is and know they are. Like I, it's not that I, don't want to do it or I don't want to miss out. I think, it's, I think this is a choice that I'm actually going to decide to do or not do. If it feels right at some point, then I'll do it. That's why I actually have, I bought some equipment just in case if it gets to that point. 
Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, no, I need to do it. So I actually have emergency equipment to podcast just in case once we get to that point. Got it. Okay. All right. Well, Martin, you've done it all. You said a lot today. Is there anything else you want to share with us? I was, well, damn, you don't have more questions? I don't have any more questions. Uh, so here's some pointers, Kevin. You got to write a ton of questions, maybe have some kind of a narrative. But I think the listeners would probably would want my continuity questions. Yes. Would you mind uh, reading me off these questions so I actually could keep my own podcast consistent? There we go. Let's do the continuity questions. I never actually answered these questions myself. So I think it's going to be... Uh, but you thought about them, so you already know the answer. No, I don't. Because okay. These are these questions I always thought I would ask other people, right? All right. So, um, and that's a great way to create my content and make it, bring it back to maybe what you're trying to find your theme or the point of your podcast for, right? You're just like, oh, cool. It's cool to ask questions, learn about people. But what do you want your listeners to get out of it? What do you want them? Like, is it about life? Is it about how to find opportunity? Is it about making sure that they're taking chances? Like, what, what are you looking for? Is it just for fun? You want them to just enjoy your podcast? And, and these continuity questions, these really help to pull these answers out of the... Yeah, for, for me, it's like whatever we talk about, at the end of the day, I always wanted to know what you really cared about in life. So that's why the continuity questions are there. And I ask every single person so I could realize, like, is there a trend on yeah. what people think life should be about and so how they answer these questions. So the first question is, what are things that you do every day to seize the day? My God, it's just such a deja vu. Because when you ask these questions to me, it, it, I just had a flashback of the eight people, I, like actually nine people I interviewed. <laughs> you can't answer. I had the like same goosebumps. Answer, I, I know, but I just had goosebumps the way that you just, but you just said that right now. Um, can you just say it one more time? <laughs> What are the things that you do every day to seize the day? Every day, I wake up and I thank God. I've, uh, I started doing this ever since because uh, I, I got, started getting into um, a spiritual guru called Ramdas. And um, one of his biggest quotes, I just bought a book from him. It's called Be Here Now. Okay. And then it's just being thoughtful and being able to have these little small moments to be, keep consistent, like to wake up and thank God and thank God that I'm alive and I've already won my day. I already sees it because I get to live it. Super grateful. Yeah. So have you finished the book? I'm still reading it. Okay. I'll show you the book. I think you're interested. Yeah, it, it sounds like a good book. It is. It truly is. All right, our next question. What is the point of life? Wow, so deep. That's what everyone always says every time I ask Yeah, that's that. huge. I think the point of life for me is to experience it's definitely um to experience like it's because we always define people from the experience and the unexperienced and some people would definitely experience more than me but it's like what are you taking out of your experience like i've been around the world i've been to israel for training for sales i've been at yelp i did yoga you know i was in a fraternity i you know had all these sales friends i'm doing a podcast you know i'm meeting people now now i'm a part of a weed company like I used to be a recruiter. I used to do sales. You know, now I used to be a studio assistant. Now I'm the manager at a weed company. And I used to be this type of person in high school and middle school. Like you, you want to take all of those experiences and know those experiences always are a part of you it's subconsciously. It creates you for who you are. So when you collect all the right and good experiences, it will just rocket you off. It's like, it's like your foundation, right? Like for you yeah. to experience me 
as a friend um at you know blue uh, sorry i don't want to say our company at, at our company when we were together like i gave you all those experiences and you were able to use that experience it's like is this an experience like do i like Myron? and i always say everyone is always like you take all the best people that you like and you take those pieces of them and you put them in yourself so you're actually all the experiences all the people that you cherish that used to be on my instagram quote like you are everyone that you cherish you take all the best qualities and things that you like about people and put you that realize, in yourself you put that in yourself and you realize that's you. i love that yeah so it's like it's within you and me yeah yeah that's perfect all right when do you plan to have a house and kids house and kids are things i could let go of for podcasting for anything yeah house and kids are nothing i care about okay crazy right it's, i just care about yeah. podcasting as much as possible I, I know that having a kid and supporting them and like growing up it could be something that could be all my life well my life right now is the podcast as many podcasts as possible unless like i accidentally have a kid and what's one of the most happiest moments that you could remember happiest moments i remember is that i think about it now a lot now is my mom like i i just i keep thinking about her i keep thinking about what she's done for my family and and the situation that she's in now and she's in hospice and we could barely see her and she could barely remember me and i just i think about her every day even though like it's hard because like I feel like I don't visit just because I don't want to put myself in a bad headspace every time I see her. And my, my, my brother and my sister, my brother sees her the most. And then I, I see my dad every Tuesday, still taking him to the hospital. And like, sometimes I'm just too tired to go see my mom. And I've had, so I already had so many instances where I haven't seen my mom. But the happiest moment that I realize is when I see my mom smile and I go visit her. Yeah. And it makes me happy, but it also makes me cry. And I know that when I'm sad and when I cry, I know those are feelings that I'd rather feel because some people feel nothing. And I know that being sad is also something that has to correlate to being happy because I wouldn't be sad if I didn't love my mom. When she sees you, is she smiling? Is that, that's the only moment that she can smile? Yeah, she smiles all the time. Yeah. The only moment that she... It's uh, very... A topic that always gets me emotional because it's like I I do love my mom so much. Yeah, it's it's so hard, and it's also something that makes me so strong because it's every day I think she could possibly go out, and and that makes me not want to waste a minute of my life being unconfident in myself and not experiencing things and not just doing things because my mom could be gone. Yeah, and, and I, I know she would be so proud of me. So I do my best to impact and, and to build people up because I know that when she was in her company, uh, Lockheed Martin, she helped people get promoted. She helped others. She made people smile. And I, I feel like she 100% knew what life was about. Yeah. And I'm just trying to replicate that. There you go. If, if your life were to end tomorrow, what would you want people to remember about you? Fuck, that's so deep. <laughs> and these are my fucking questions. <laughs> these are your questions. Are I didn't my... even make this out. <laughs> Damn, I didn't know this was going to happen. I, this is something I did not subconsciously fucking plan, Kevin. I know. Um, you put these on me last time. They're coming right back at you. I guess I, I never realized how much I cared about these questions. I want people to remember to help us. 
to help others if I have helped you. And know that it goes such a long way and people need it. And it's nice to know that you could have friends and family that you could rely on, that you could help. I'm always so giving and it's not bad to be so giving. Pay it forward. Pay it forward. Do it for your family. Do it for your mom. Do it for your dad. Do it for your friend that you've lost. Do it for me if I've helped you. Pay it forward. It goes a long way. And it could go forever. And I think when everyone starts to pay it forward, we all start being better people. We all start to be mindful. Maybe we all start to social distance more because we care about helping someone else. Absolutely. Yeah, well said. Well said. I like that a lot. All right. Anything else you want to share with us? Nah. That's it. All right. Till next time, part two. Thank you. Thank you for uh, being the host, Kevin. And um, what's the name of your podcast? I'm going to shout you out. Troll Radio. When, is your, when are you going to actually start? When's the first podcast going to happen? Due date? Uh, we're going to say in two weeks from now. All right, two weeks from now. So two weeks from now, I'm going to write this date down because I want to make this shit real for you. So you have to have your first podcast by July 25th. And if you don't, you should be ashamed of yourself. There we go. You should write that down. July 25th. I got it. I'm making him write it down. And I'm going to take a picture of it and I'm going to send it to him. And you're going to write Troll Radio. There it is. Cool. It's official. And I'll be there for your first podcast. There we go. Can I be your first episode? Absolutely. Cool. Now you could look out for a whole new podcast created for my podcast. I'm so excited for you, Kevin. All right. We'll see ya. See ya, Kevin. See you soon. Real soon.